Today is May 3rd. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. Y'all have really been making me feel so cared for, so loved. The outpouring of prayers and comments and text messages. I just really appreciate you guys praying for me while I really struggled to overcome that cold that just didn't want to leave me alone. I think I am just about good now, though. So we have an awesome selection of passages that we're going to dig into today from the book of Judges to the Gospel of John, from the Psalms to the Proverbs. We're going to see how God moves in surprising and wonderful ways because that's just who he is, how he shows his love and truth to us and how he calls us to follow him and be changed. Are you excited? I know I am. Let's get started. Judges chapters 17 and 18, New American Standard Bible, Micah's Idolatry. Now there was a man of the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah, and he said to his mother, The 1,100 pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse and also spoke it in my hearing, behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. He then returned the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother, and his mother said, I wholly consecrate the silver from my hand to the Lord, for my son to make a carved image and a cast metal image, so now I will return them to you. So when he returned the silver to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver and gave them to the silversmith, who made them into a carved image and a cast metal image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a shrine, and he made an ephod and household idols, and consecrated one of his sons so that he might become his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he was staying there. Then the man left the city, Bethlehem in Judah, to stay wherever he would find a place. And as he made his journey, he came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah. Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am going to stay wherever I may find a place. Micah then said to him, Stay with me, and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, a supply of clothing, and your sustenance. So the Levite went in. The Levite agreed to live with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. So Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, because I have a Levite as a priest. Danites seek territory. In those days there was no king of Israel, and in those days the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for themselves to live in. For until that day an inheritance had not been allotted to them as a possession among the tribes of Israel. So the sons of Dan sent from their family five men out of their whole number, valiant men from Zorah and Eshtaol, to spy out the land and to explore it. And they said to them, Go, explore the land. And they came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and stayed overnight there. 
When they were near the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young man, the Levite, and they turned aside there and said to him, Who brought you here? And what are you doing in this place? And what do you have here? He said to them, Micah has done this and that for me. He has hired me and I have become his priest. Then they said to him, Inquire of God, please, that we may know whether our way on which we are going will be successful. And the priest said to them, Go in peace, your way in which you are going has the Lord's approval. So the five men departed and came to Laish, and saw the people who were in it living in security in the way of the Sidonians, quiet and unsuspecting, for there was no oppressive ruler humiliating them for anything in the land, and they were far from the Sidonians and had no dealings with anyone. When they came back to their brothers at Zorah and Eshtael, their brothers said to them, What do you say? And they said, Arise, and let's go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you sit still? Do not hesitate to go, to enter, to take possession of the land. When you enter, you will come to an unsuspecting people with a spacious land, for God has handed it over to you, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. Then from the family of the Danites, from Zorah and from Eshtael, 600 men armed with weapons of war set out. They went up and camped at Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. Therefore they called that place Mahana Dan to this day. Behold, it is west of Kiriath-Jerim. And they passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Danites take Micah's idols. Then the five men who went to spy out the country of Laish said to their kinsmen, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod and household idols and a carved image and a cast metal image? Now then, consider what you should do. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, to the house of Micah, and asked him how he was doing. Meanwhile, the six hundred men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the sons of Dan, were positioned at the entrance of the gates. Now the five men who went to spy out the land went up and entered there. They took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the cast metal image, while the priest was standing at the entrance of the gate with the six hundred men armed with weapons of war. When these men entered Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, household idols, and the cast metal image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be silent, put your hand over your mouth and go with us, and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for you to be a priest to the house of one man, or to be priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? The priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image, and went among the people. Then they turned and left, and put the children, the livestock, and the valuables in front of them. When they had distanced themselves from Micah's house, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house assembled by command and overtook the sons of Dan. Then they called out to the sons of Dan, who turned around and said to Micah, What is the matter with you that you have assembled together? And he said, You have taken my gods which I made, and the priest, and have gone away. What more do I have? So how can you say to me what is the matter with you? 
Then the sons of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, or else fierce men will attack you, and you will lose your life and the lives of your household. So the sons of Dan went on their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. Then they took what Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him and came to Laish, to a people quiet and unsuspecting, and struck them with the edge of the sword, and they burned the city with fire. And there was no one to save them, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone. And it was in the valley, which is near Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and lived in it. And they named the city Dan, after the name of Dan, their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city was previously Laish. The sons of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he had made, all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. The New Birth. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus responded and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit." Nicodemus responded and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you people do not accept our testimony. I told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth 
comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. Psalm 104 verses 1 through 23. The Lord's care over all his works. Bless the Lord my soul. Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a cloak. Stretching out heaven like a tent curtain, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He walks on the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, flaming fire his ministers. He established the earth upon its foundation so that it will not totter forever and ever. You covered it with the deep sea as with a garment. The waters were standing above the mountains. They fled from your rebuke. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. The mountains rose, the valley sank down to the place which you established for them. You set a boundary so that they will not pass over, so that they will not return to cover the earth. He sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They give drink to every animal of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky dwell beside them. They lift up their voices from among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the labor of mankind so that they may produce food from the earth and wine which makes a human heart cheerful so that he makes his face gleam with oil and food which sustains a human heart the trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds build their nests, and the stork, whose home is the juniper trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock hyrax. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. You appoint darkness and it becomes night, in which all the animals of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and they lie down in their dens. A person goes out to his work and to his labor until evening. Proverbs chapter 14 verses 20 through 21. The poor is hated even by his neighbor, but those who love the rich are many. One who despises his neighbor sins, but one who is gracious to the poor is blessed. Okay, so I'm a little confused. There is a lot going on in Judges with, with Micah and the Danites and his mother, but I, I want to go back to his mother because these situations with sons and their mothers for the last couple days I am just trying to get an understanding so Micah confesses to his mother that the 1100 pieces of silver that were stolen from her he was the one who actually stole it and he is confessing because he heard her utter a curse on the one who stole it and so he says, I got your silver. It's with me. I took it. And the mother's response is, blessed be my son by the Lord. Huh? I, I, I don't understand. But 
The Bible says that everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. I also know, even though I'm still confused about all the stuff that was going on here, I also know that whatever this foolishness is that they're doing with the the shrines and the ephod and the carved images and the metal carved image, cast metal image, I know all of that stuff is not right. They are not doing what God commanded them to do back in Leviticus. We read all of them rules in Leviticus and we recapitulated them in Deuteronomy. They are way out of line here. This is just pure apostasy and disregard for God's law. There is a lot to unpack with that, but y'all know we can't do it all here. I do want to focus on two main themes that I think connect these passages, though, idolatry and being born again. Let me explain. So in Judges, we see this story about Micah and his household idols and how the tribe of Dan stole them and then set up their own worship center. If this is not a tragic example of how the Israelites had fallen just completely off, then I don't know what is. Like Joshua died and they lost their minds. They have forgotten that the Lord who had delivered them from Egypt and given them the promised land, they just completely abandoned him and they just keep going through these cycles of apostasy. They had turned to other gods and made their own images. They had corrupted their faith and their morals. And I know this was a different culture, a different time, but I don't understand how you create your own little God and then you assign power to it, like you give credit to it. I don't understand it. I probably need to do a lot more research, but that just seems, it seems dumb to me. They were dummies. So, okay, enough about them. In John, we see the story of Nicodemus and his encounter with Jesus at night. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a teacher of the law and he was a respected leader among the Jews. Now, he came to Jesus with curiosity and respect, but he was also confused, like me, about what Jesus said, though. He was challenged by what Jesus said. Jesus told him that he needed to be born again, to be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. He told him that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Does everybody here listening know John 3.16? I don't think that my kids know John 3.16. We got to change that. Um, I grew up on John 3.16. We had to know that by the time we started talking. So I got to make sure that my kids, my kids know that verse. It's the gospel in a nutshell. Anyway. He told him that Jesus told Nicodemus that he had come not to condemn the world, but to save it. What a contrast between these two stories, okay? On the one hand, we have people who are worshiping idols that they made with their own hands, idols that have no power or life in them. You made it up yourself. On the other hand, we have a person who is seeking the true God who made everything with his word in his hands, God who has all power and life in himself. On one hand, we have people who are living in darkness and sin, who are doing what is right in their own eyes. On the other hand, we have a person who is coming to the light. He's coming into the truth. He is learning what is right in God's eyes. And y'all, 
Idolatry, I think we talked about this before, it's not just about making statues or images of false gods. No, we don't really do that anymore. Idolatry is anything that takes the place of God in our lives, anything that we love or trust more than Him. It could be money, fame, pleasure, success. It could even be ourselves. Be careful talking about I am my own goals. Are you really? Idolatry is a dangerous place because it leads us away from God and His will for us. It blinds us to His reality and His grace. It robs us of His joy and His peace. Being born again is a spiritual transformation that happens when we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It is a new birth that gives us a new identity, a new purpose, and a new relationship with God. So let me ask you this. What are you worshiping today? Who are you worshiping? What are you putting before God in your life? Is it an idol? Have you been born again? Let me just start there. Have you experienced the new life that Jesus offers to you? Because if not, I don't think I ever did this. If not, I want to invite you to do so today. It is real simple. ABC. A, admit that you are a sinner who needs a savior. B, believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again. C, confess and commit your life to him as your Lord and savior. Follow him. That's it. That's all you got to do. It sounds a lot easier than what it actually is in practice, though. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that speaks to us today and every day. Lord, being with you is such a gift. Lord, we thank you for showing us your love and your truth through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for offering us new life and a new birth by your Spirit. Lord, we confess that we too have been guilty of idolatry in our lives as painful as that is for us to admit. We too have put people and things before you. We've relied on what we could see with our physical sight more than we relied on what we could see with our spiritual sight. Please forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Restore us to a right relationship with you, Lord. And if you find anything that's not like you in our lives, Lord, take it away completely. Wash us through and through. Do a thorough search of us, oh God. If it's not from you, we don't need it and we don't want it. Lord, we don't want anything competing for your attention. Help us to live like we belong to you. We want people to recognize that we are your children because we look so much like you. We want to talk like you. We want to walk like you, Lord. We want to love like you. Help us to be who you want us to be in every sense of the word and in every every situation, whether it's easy or hard, help us to flow in your power, your glory, and your authority. Lord, we need you more than anything else. We need your presence in our lives more than anything else. Lord, we hand over the reins of our lives to you. Take us over and make us over so that we can see things through your eyes and not our own. Lord, we ask you to bless us as we go our separate ways today. Inspire us with your spirit. Motivate us with your purpose. Enlighten us with your wisdom. Enrich us with your gifts. Strengthen us with your presence. Fill us with your joy and your peace. Lord, whatever you are doing in this next season, we ask that you would remember us. Remember that we want to be a part of the work that you're doing in this world. We want to do it together with you. We want to partner with you. And Lord, if you know that we're not ready, 
like a little kid who never wants to leave their daddy's side. Lord, just let us tag along. Lord, let us hang on to your every word, your every action, and your every move. Lord, we want to be in the rooms where you work, being witnesses to your power and your might. We want to be the vessels with which you can work miracles and change people's lives. Lord, we want to serve. And Lord, I want to pray right now for those who don't yet know you or don't know the real you. Lord, for those who don't know you intimately and personally, who don't know your love because somebody hurt them in church and they mistakenly thought that that hurt came from you, that it was your doing, but Lord, it was not. And I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Show them the real you, the loving Father who wants nothing but the best for them. Let them experience your love and your grace in a way that transforms their lives and changes everything for them. Lord, I pray pray for their hearts to be softened and their eyes to be opened. Lord, I pray for the person who feels lost today, who feels overwhelmed and stressed out and burned out, and for the person who feels disconnected and searching for meaning. Lord, I pray that you would wrap your arms around them, give them comfort and strength and a strong sense of inner knowing. Bring them closer to you. Pull them in, Lord, and give them a Give them a sign today. Would you give them a sign, just a little whisper or a love note through a message or a text or a post or a conversation that just confirms what they've been tripping on? Give them the reassurance that they need to know that they are not crazy, that what they've been feeling is completely rational and justified and it did not come out of nowhere. And Lord, as we leave this place, We know that you are a good, good father and that you are with us in our struggles. We know that you've got big plans for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope. And so, Lord, we pray, give us a sign too. let us know that we're doing the right things. Give us peace in all of our situations. Okay, Lord, I know I've taken up a lot of your time and everybody else's, but it just feels so good to talk to you. Lord, we love you. You are such a good listener. Maybe I'm just avoiding work now, Lord. No, I'm not. I'm just playing God. I'm just playing. But I do love you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Y'all so silly. Our affirmation for today. I am worthy. I am enough. Mm. I am worthy. I am enough. Thank you, Jesus. And our aphorism. The love we crave will often betray, but God's love will never lead us astray. Guard your hearts in this next season too, y'all. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. Do me a favor, you guys. If you have not rated the podcast yet, would you go do that today? I think I've been stuck at like 25 ratings on Apple for the longest and like 69 ratings on Spotify. So go over to one of those one of those platforms today and just drop me a rating. I would really, really appreciate it. May the infinite love of the Father embrace you, the enduring strength of the Son sustain you, and the boundless wisdom of the Spirit enlighten you. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I will be right here tomorrow waiting for you.